the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us. God sent his only son, his sinless son, to die on Calvary's cross for you and me. Because of Jesus' sacrificial death, the gift of eternal life is available to anyone who chooses to receive it. Without the shed blood of Jesus, there would be no redemption for our sins. The Bible tells us that there is no salvation in any other. Without his selfless sacrifice, we would have no hope and no victory. Praise God for the gift of salvation and everlasting life. Listen in with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today. It is possible to be delivered by the blood of Jesus and then because you're not Christ-centered and Christ-focused and because you're not in close communion with the Lord, it's possible for you to be re-enslaved back into your formal sinful state. Backslide and back into your formal, pre, former previous condition as well as lifestyle. God can deliver you and then if you're not alert, and in close company with God and, and running from bad company and, and loving, hating what is evil and loving what is good, it is possible for you to fall back into sin and your latter state is worse than your first. See, Satan don't care about you making progress as long as he can get you to, to backslide all over again to the point to say, see there, now what happened to all that blood you say you had? He played, played black, but you, you, you were playing in the devil's camp too long. That was the problem. Number five. Number five. We have peace or the, because of the shed blood of Jesus. It's necessary because we have peace with God through the blood of his cross. We have peace with God through the blood of his cross. Colossians chapter 1 verse 20 says, and by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Now, before receiving Christ, we were estranged from God. We were alienated from God. Before we came to Christ, we were separated from God. However, the blood of Jesus is the only way anyone can be reconciled back to God and have peace with him. Apart from Christ, my friends, there is an absence of peace. Apart from Christ, there is an absence of peace. Apart from Christ, there is an absence of spiritual rest. You're restless. Apart from Christ, there is no inner tranquility. Without Christ, there is no contentment or even joy. John 14, 27 says, peace I leave with you. He knew he, knew he was going back to heaven, but, he was, but the Holy Spirit was coming, and, and, and God, the Holy Spirit, would be in us 
to bring peace through us. So peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled and neither let it be afraid. And I tell you what, if you stay focused on the word more than the media, the word more than politics, you'll have peace. Now, if you just live in that television 24-7 and you just listen to that recycled news and you read all this secular magazines and you go from ABC, NBC, CNBC, Fox News and AQDBT and all this stuff, all these alphabets. Listen, no wonder your heart is trouble. No wonder your heart is trouble. We ought to be disturbed at the things that we see, but that should move us to be a witness for Christ. And it, it, ought, to, it ought to move us to be praying more for the, for the things that are happening around us. And it should be causing us more to invest in our children and our grandchildren because they have to grow up in a very demonic, wicked world, the likes of which we've never seen. Your children, I know, is your prized possession and gift from God. And if you're not investing in them, in the second service, we're going to have a children's program. You're going to see those children dancing and doing, memorizing speeches. You're going to see them up here doing all kinds of stuff on this stage, along with the preaching of the gospel. But you know why they're on this stage? Because we're giving them a spiritual foundation. We have youth ministry. We have Sunday school. We have uh, youth retreats. We have youth missions. We have all kinds of stuff for our youth, 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 youth. You know why? Because Satan has an agenda for our children, and it is not a nice agenda. It is a destructive agenda, and you need to pour your life in your child. Pour Christ in the child. You don't send them to church. You bring them to church. You ask them, what did you learn? about today what three points you learned in Sunday school but now parents if you're not in Sunday school how are you gonna tell your children to come to Sunday school if you're not reading your Bible how are you gonna tell your own child to read the Bible Daddy, the best thing you can do is lay and pray on your child and read to your children each night talk about the things of God in the car talk about the things of God at breakfast talk about the things of God before they go to bed at night they hear God in the morning God at noon God at night you need to pour your life as priests in the home into those children so that they won't be blown away by all the satanic shenanigans that's all around them Satan is even in the curriculum. Satan is in the cartoons. Satan is in the schools. God has been dismissed out of everything. And if they don't get God in the church, if they'll get God from the parents, where else are they going to get Christ? And you got to think about whether you come into church. Shame on you. Shame on you. And then you wonder why <laughs> I'm afraid. Well, what? Well, you're not afraid to drive. You drive to the game. You drive to the Spurs. You drive to H-E-B, the grocery store. You drive to the cleaners, you, you, you drive someplace you shouldn't be going. But you, then you say, I'm so afraid. Every time you get on that road, you don't know what's going to happen to you. Why don't you say amen? It takes faith to live day by day. That's why we need to be a praying people to the glory of God. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Don't put your mind and your eyes on the things of this world. Sometimes just cut the television off and say, you know what, today... Today is my fast day. I'm just not going, I'm not going to even look at television today. Now, some of y'all, y'all say, you must lost your mind. <laughs> you say, what? 24 hours and no television for 24 hours? 
Some of you already choked. You can't. Some of you, you know what? You can't do that. I dare you, cause you're too addicted. That well, no, I'm talking to a staff person another day, not on our staff, another staff. And the person told me, uh, I said, well, "You gonna call your wife?" He said, "Well, I can't call my wife." I said, "Why can't you call your wife?" She said, "She," he said, "She's on a phone fast. She has, she's fasting her cell phone. I don't know for a month or a week or something." I said, "What?" I said, "What? I've never heard such thing." You mean tell me she's not gonna use her cell phone for a whole whatever he said? I couldn't remember the, the length of time, but I was just amazed. He said, "We're doing pretty good." You know what it makes us do? You know what he said? <laughs> Y'all listen to me now. It, it makes us have to talk more in the morning about how to plan our day. <laughs> it, it forces us to communicate. You know, because uh, we, 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 we know if, we, if something's unsaid, uh, then we know we, we, we can't talk anymore that day. And so, and so, and I know that's not possible for everybody based on circumstances, but the point is well made. Some of you have a heart attack just about when you forget your phone as you leave the door. You go down the street and you'll turn around and go get that phone, but you won't turn around and go get your Bible. You say, Bible's in my phone. Yeah, yeah, well, it is in your Bible, but you better off if you get you a book. That uh, cell phone, the battery can run out. The, the, the software can, you know, can, can uh, ha- go, go, go on a blink or whatever. But, you know, matter of fact, this Bible, if you carry it around, wherever you go, it's a, it's a, it's a witness to itself. Now, you take your cell phone, they, they don't know what you're doing. You look at your telephone, they think you're playing Pac-Man or something. But when you open this Bible and open it up, I know I was at the car wash. I'm not going to say what name it was. I was at the car wash. So I took my Bible because I didn't read like I wanted to that morning. So I took my Bible with me and I read the car wash. And so this, this, this brother looked at me. He said, that's a wonderful book you have. I said, it sure is. He said, can you give me a word for the day? I said, I sure can. I told him exactly what I was reading. But now if I had my cell phone and I was reading the word for God's of the world, he wouldn't have said nothing. He don't know what I'm reading. This book is a living testimony. And some of y'all take comfort with your, what are you, why are you sharing me this book? Ah, you don't take all that. And you, can, you, you can't even turn to Habakkuk <laughs> because of your cell phone. Won't y'all say Amen. There is life in the blood of Jesus, spiritual life. There is power in the blood of Jesus, wonder-working power. We are blessed to serve a God who redeems us continually upon our repentant confession of our sins. Jesus alone can free us, atone us, forgive us, and reconcile us when we put all our faith and trust in Him alone. God's Word tells us to trust in the Lord with all our hearts, lean not to our own understanding. Acknowledge him in all our ways, and he will direct our paths. His shed blood makes it all possible. We serve an amazing God. Let me go on to number six. I'm having too much fun up here. Uh, Number six, why is the blood of Jesus Christ so necessary? Satan hates the blood. Satan hates the blood. Jesus had a physical body uh, out of which blood came out of the wounds his wounds, real blood, which led to his death, burial, and resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus Christ was the crushing, devastating blow by our triumphant Savior against Satan 
against his evil host of demons which seal their ultimate doom forever. This is why Satan hates the blood. Ooh, that no good devil hates the blood. But, but Jesus defeated him because he shed his blood and died and rose for you and me and humanity. Listen, Colossians 2.15 says, having disarmed principalities, these are ranks and files of demons, principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. Why? Because of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's why Satan hates the blood. Satan hates the blood. It doomed him. It sealed his own doom. Number seven, uh, why is the blood so necessary? Uh, do not die without the blood. Do not die without the blood. Uh, your whole eternal destiny is based on what you believe about Christ. Did you get what I just said? You need to write everything, that whole statement down. Your whole, uh, the whole of your eternal destiny is predicated on what you believe about Jesus Christ. You may not have the things of this world, such as popularity. You may not have much money. You may not have prestige and power and position. You may not have material possession, but make sure you have the blood of Jesus appropriated and applied to your life. My friend, don't die without the blood. Salvation is free. <laughs> uh, and now we, want, we had teams going out. We were knocking on doors in the neighborhood near the church, and we were telling them about Jesus. So he and I yoked up. I said, well, let's go to about 10 houses. So, so we got out and started talking about Jesus. And then the first house we got, got to, lo and behold, uh, I, I believe I found somebody that was kidding me because I said, where are you from? They said, Shreveport. I said, Shreveport? I said, all my folk outside of Greenwood and, and Bethany and all that. And we started talking. She said, do you know? I said, you know about Bossier City? She said, yeah. I said, you know about I-20, Monkhouse Drive? She said, do you know about Buncombe Bunk Road and all that? I said, yeah, I know Buncombe Road. Mom, ain't it right down the street and my cousin over here and my, my all I said Buckle Road what you know about Buckham Road oh, this is on the streets knocking on doors the first, all them houses we go there and we started talking and we we and we started rejoicing we went to another guy he uh he was a, he was a Methodist and uh, he was telling us about his church and all that and he said well I'll take your information uh, he t he got our cards and stuff and I said well bless you and then he said he looked at me, he said this is all free isn't it I said, it's all free because Jesus died on Calvary. <laughs> and, and Aubrey fell out laughing. He said, Pastor, how did you rhyme that on the spot? I said, nobody but the Holy Ghost could do that. He said, this all this is free? I said, yes, because he died on Calvary. I was poetic in my witness. By the way, when's the last time you've gone on the streets to tell somebody about Jesus? Some of y'all been members here 20 years and have knocked on one door. I wonder why. What's wrong with you? You, you, you don't mind preaching in here, but are you on the streets? You're, you're, you're a deacon in here, but you, you, are you on the streets? You're a coordinator in here? Are you, are you on the streets? Uh, uh, where, where are you? Do you, do you know, I know Jesus had primary, primarily an outdoor ministry. And some people say, you know, I'm glad you're out here. I have on one occasion, somebody said, it's sure hot out here. This is not this occasion, but another occasion. I said, hey, you want some water? I said, no, I'm okay. It reminds me of how hot hell really is. So I don't even want water. I'm on a, I'm on a water fast. I, I, it reminds me 
of how hot hell really is. So I'd rather be in this heat because the heat of hell does not compare with the heat of the sun. Where are you? Where are you? People need the blood of Jesus Christ. Salvation is free and available to humanity because Jesus paid the price in full on Calvary. Ephesians 1, 7 says, In him, Christ, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. To reject Christ is to reject his redemptive work on the cross, uh, which results in spiritual death. You reject Christ then you'll end up in the lake of fire. That's your destiny. You, you reject Christ and his blood, your destiny is eternal separation from Almighty God. Please, for heaven's sake, don't die without the blood on your life. Number eight, our sins are forgiven because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Our sins are forgiven because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Colossians 1.14 says, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Underline the forgiveness of sins. Now, when God forgives our sins, he lets them go as if they had never been committed which releases us from the bondage of sin, slavery of sin, and the penalty of sin. The blood of Jesus does that. We have forgiveness of sin because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Without the blood of Christ, there would be no forgiveness of sins, which results in imminent judgment from God. Thank God for the blood of Jesus Christ. Number nine, the blood of Jesus is sufficient. Say sufficient. We are only saved by the blood of Christ and nothing else. You can't add nothing to it, can't take anything from it. Now, listen to me well, people of God. We're not saved by good works. We're not saved by rituals. We're not saved by ceremonies. We're not saved because you keep traditions of liturgy. We're not saved by religious talk. Some of y'all got, y'all got religious talk, but you don't have a righteous walk. You can say amen and hallelujah and you can shout. But if you don't have a relationship with God, sounding brass and tingling cymbal. You see? Uh, you're not saved even by wearing religious attire. Some of you got uh, all kind of Jesus attire. I'm not. That's I, I love the fact that you can have it and let people know whose side you're on at least. But but listen. But you're not. You can be as lost as a goose wearing something that's holy in nature. Now I love wearing shirts and stuff. And they say, "Well, I love that shirt. I love that T-shirt." I said, "I do too." So I wear. I don't watch what you wear. What what you put on? You're an example. You can't be light and focused looking through all that rubbish on your shirt. Some of the clothes some of y'all were wearing need to be thrown in the trash because of the messages that are on it don't even represent who you say you know. Look how quiet it got then. You empty your closet out. Some of the messages that, that Christians wear. And by the way, be careful about tattooing yourself because you know what happened? You go through life changes, and then all of a sudden, you start regretting that you tattooed this and that on your body. Man, it hurts when you take, put it on. And what they tell me, I don't have one tattoo on me because I, I don't like pain. <laughs> they tell me tattoos hurt when you put them on, and they, still, and they hurt when you try to take them off. <laughs> oh, wow. I remember I was, I was, going to, I was at a, a conference and with, with some preachers over in Los Angeles, and we were a group of us. We, I just met these guys. They're pastors from all over the nation. 
And I said, well, we're walking down the beach. It just had some off time. And that was a, that was a tattoo parlor. And I told the pastors, they said, what, what, what you looking at? I said, I'm looking at a tattoo parlor there. And they said, well, what, why are you looking at it? I said, I want to go in it. They said, they said, why do you want to go in it? I said, because I, I want to be nosy. I want to see. I, want, I said, I've never been in one. I want to see. Will y'all, will y'all come go with me? Give me a note. And so, you know, they, they went, and I, I walked through. That was the only time I went in one. So I, we're walking down, and I saw they were, on, they were doing things on the back, and they were on the arms, and they were on the head, and they were on the neck, and all that. And one man was stretched out, and uh, I looked at him. I said, does it hurt? <laughs> the, the, the guy who was doing the tattoo, he said, Mr., don't ask, does it hurt? Just ask him, how bad does it hurt? <laughs> he said, how bad does it hurt? He said, don't ask, does it hurt? You know, and I was just looking, I said, but you know what? You go through life changes, and all of a sudden, you get converted, you begin, you begin to grow in Christ, and then you be saying, you know, what have I done? Now, no one judges another person because of tattoos. We love people regardless of what you've done regardless of where we are in life. But I'm just trying to save you. Now, if you put some on you, don't put any, don't, don't add to it. Stop! You know, that's a discipline in knowing how to what? Y'all, y'all said that so weak. There's a discipline in knowing how to what? Stop! Stop! Because I tell you what, whatever you put on you, then, you know what your children are going to do? They're going to come back and, and put more on them than you had on you, and it's so hard to, to tell them what not to do, even at your best, when you got them glaring all at you. So, you understand? Look how, is it, are y'all still there? Can I get a big amen? So, so, so stop. Stop. For, for heaven's sake, stop and trust God and realize you are fearfully and wonderfully made and you don't, you don't have to add nothing on you. I, I'm a beautiful, bald-headed black man. By the way, that's right. You a beautiful white person, Hispanic, Asian, mixed. Uh, you don't know what you are. You're just, you're just beautiful. Okay. Beautiful, beautiful. And, and it's okay. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. I'm not discontented. I want everything God gave me and then some. Okay, so, so be careful. Be careful about that and focus on the shed blood of Jesus Christ. That entire business, you have to really watch that. The blood of Jesus Christ is eternally sufficient. You know what that means? Which means that there is no sin that is so great that it cannot be washed away by the blood of Jesus. There's enough blood for every man. There's enough blood for every woman and child ever born in this world. No one can say the blood of our Lord ran out before it got to me. I'm almost done. Blood banks run low on blood, but the blood of Jesus is sufficient. The blood of Jesus is sufficient and available before the cross, at the cross, and after the cross. Revelation chapter 1 verse 5b says to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Number 10, the blood of Christ presents us holy, blameless, faultless, and spotless before the Father. The blood of Christ presents us holy, blameless, faultless and spotless before the father. Colossians chapter one, verse 22 says in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy. There it is. Blameless, 
and above reproach in his sight. In other words, you say, what is it saying? God doesn't see me for who I was, but rather for who I am in Christ. Because of the blood, we have no excuse for remaining in a corrupt, defiled, sinful state. Because of the blood of Jesus, there's no excuse for remaining in a corrupt, defiled, sinful state. When we continually repent and confess our sins, God no longer sees the sin, but only the blood of his beloved son. This is the only way we can be presented holy and blameless before the father. Number 11, the blood of Jesus is so necessary because we are sinners in need of a savior. That's why we need the blood. We are sinners in need of a savior. Psalms 51 5 says, for I was born a sinner. Yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. And know what? We were born in sin, shaped in iniquity. Therefore, agree with God that you are a sinner in need of a Savior who is the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to trust him by faith alone, asking him to come into your heart because you believe he shed his blood on Calvary just for you. And he will save you regardless of your past, regardless of your present, regardless of your spiritual condition. Acts 16.31 says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Number 12, believers have have victory in the blood of Jesus. Believers have victory in the blood of Jesus. Revelation 12, 11 says, and they overcame. Look at that. Overcame. That's victory. Him by the blood of the lamb and the, the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. Anyone who is saved by the shed blood of Jesus Christ obeys the word of God Anyone who is filled with the spirit of God, uh, anyone who has fellowship with God can live the victorious Christian life. You get to choose whether to live in rebellion and defeat or you can choose to live in in obedience and victory before the Lord. As Pastor Rander concludes part one of this two-part series, let us respond to Jesus Christ's priceless sacrifice freely given for our salvation through never-ending praise, obedience to his word, belief in his birth, burial and resurrection, thankfulness for our salvation, and remembering that the blood of Jesus will never lose its power. If you enjoyed this kind of biblical teaching, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church located in Converse, Texas. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.